I'm Steve Thompson, and today we're going to put a pause on the narrative action that we've been pulled into, and we stop to hear God give some very special instructions before a momentous occasion. It's kind of like we get to listen in on the huddle right before the first play of the Super Bowl. Something huge is about to begin. We're reading Exodus chapter 12, verses 1 through 30. While the Israelites were still in the land of Egypt, the Lord gave the following instructions to Moses and Aaron. From now on, this month will be the first month of the year for you. Announce to the whole community of Israel that on the tenth day of this month, each family must choose a lamb or a young goat for a sacrifice, one animal for each household. If a family is too small to eat a whole animal, let them share with another family in the neighborhood. Divide the animal according to the size of each family and how much they can eat. The animal you select must be a one-year-old male, either a sheep or a goat, with no defects. Take special care of this chosen animal until the evening of the fourteenth day of the first month. Then the whole assembly of the community of Israel must slaughter their lamb or young goat at twilight. They are to take some of the blood and smear it on the sides and top of the door frames of the houses where they eat the animal. That same night, they must roast the meat over a fire and eat it along with bitter salad greens and bread made without yeast. Do not eat any of the meat raw or boiled in water. The whole animal, including the head, legs, and internal organs, must be roasted over a fire. Do not leave any of it until the next morning. Burn whatever is not eaten before morning. These are your instructions for eating this meal. Be fully dressed, wear your sandals, and carry your walking stick in your hand. Eat the meal with urgency, for this is the Lord's Passover. On that night, I will pass through the land of Egypt and strike down every firstborn son and firstborn male animal in the land of Egypt. I will execute judgment against all the gods of Egypt, for I am the Lord. But the blood on your doorposts will serve as a sign, marking the houses where you are staying. When I see the blood, I will pass over you. This plague of death will not touch you when I strike the land of Egypt. This is a day to remember. Each year, from generation to generation, you must celebrate it as a special festival to the Lord. This is a law for all time. For seven days, the bread you eat must be made without yeast. On the first day of the festival, remove every trace of yeast from your homes. Anyone who eats bread made with yeast during the seven days of the festival will be cut off from the community of Israel. On the first day of the festival, and again on the seventh day, all the people must observe an official day for holy assembly. No work of any kind may be done on these days except in preparation of food. Celebrate this festival of unleavened bread, for it will remind you that I brought your forces out of the land of Egypt on this very day. This festival will be a permanent law for you. 
Celebrate this from generation to generation. The bread you eat must be made without yeast from the evening of the 14th day of the first month until the evening of the 21st day of that month. During those seven days, there must be no trace of yeast in your homes. Anyone who eats anything made with yeast during this week will be cut off from the community of Israel. These regulations apply both to the foreigners living among you and to the native-born Israelites. During those days, you must not eat anything made with yeast. Wherever you live, eat only bread made without yeast. Then Moses called all the elders of Israel together and said to them, Go, pick out a lamb or young goat for each of your families and slaughter the Passover animal. Drain the blood into a basin, then take a bundle of hyssop branches and dip it into the blood. Brush the hyssop across the top and sides of the door frames of your houses, and no one may go out through the door until morning. For the Lord will pass through the land to strike down the Egyptians, but when he sees the blood on the top and sides of the door frame, the Lord will pass over your home. He will not permit his death angel to enter your house and strike you down. Remember these instructions are a permanent law that you and your descendants must observe forever. When you enter the land that the Lord has promised to give you, you will continue to observe this ceremony. When your children will ask, what does this ceremony mean? Then you will reply, it is the Passover sacrifice to the Lord, for he passed over the houses of the Israelites in Egypt, and though he struck the Egyptians, he spared our families. When Moses had finished speaking, all the people bowed down to the ground and worshipped. So the people of Israel did just as the Lord had commanded through Moses and Aaron, and that night at midnight, the Lord struck down all the firstborn sons in the land of Egypt, from the firstborn son of Pharaoh who sat on his throne to the firstborn son of the prisoner in the dungeon. Even the firstborn of their livestock were killed. Pharaoh and all his officials and all the people of Egypt woke up during the night, and loud wailing was heard throughout the land of Egypt. There was not a single house where someone had not died. Last week, Steve Durr referred to the ten plagues that God sent upon the Egyptians as essentially a showdown. You think of the gunslinging Old West, where two, the hero and the villain, square off against each other in the middle of the town. God had sent his messengers to tell Pharaoh, Let my people, my firstborn son, go. And Pharaoh would say, each time basically, Who are you? I don't even know this God that you're telling me about. I am your God. Now get back to work. Back in chapter 4, God gave Moses and Aaron a heads up that this was going to happen. In his pride, he's trying to kill my firstborn son, God says to them. So I will take his firstborn son instead. And now in the middle of what would be the final and decisive blow, the only plague that God alone executed without using Moses and Aaron, he would also provide a way out. As an aside, I'm, I'm really curious to know how many Egyptians feared God at this point and maybe participated in this escape. I'm also curious if any Hebrews didn't take God seriously and failed to make adequate preparation. 
We don't know. But as I said before the reading, the story comes to an abrupt stop for this section as God gives instructions. It's like the crowd quiets down and everyone is just anticipating that what's coming next will will forever change history. God wants this day, this event, this time period to be remembered for all time. This is a defining moment. This is a moment that will define how these people would observe time for the rest of time. This event launches every new year starting now. Every new year for you will be a festival and reflection on how God made you into a people, a nation of his own, a family with a name through this event. Every year you will spend a week telling the story and remembering how much it cost to save our lives. And this wasn't going to just be a day off work in the summer where you grill out and you get to head out to the lake, maybe ride on a boat, wrap up the day with fireworks. No, the food you eat will remind you of the bitterness of your oppression and slavery. The bread you eat for the week will be traveling rations for a a quick escape into an unknown wilderness. This is a meal that you put together quickly while you're packing all your earthly possessions and moving out in a hurry. Essentially, keep the car running. You've got your walking stick and your shoes on ready to go. This is the defining moment. Have you ever had a defining moment like that with God? You personally. Do you remember the time that you said yes to Jesus and forever turned your back on everything you had previously known and turned to for your identity, for purpose, and for comfort. That deserves to be a story you tell over and over again. It deserves to be a holiday or a holy day, literally. It's so poetically perfect that Jesus, the lamb whose blood would be spread over the doorposts of the cross, would forever change and expand on the dynamics of that Passover meal when he passed around the cup of wine and the flat unleavened matzah bread and he invited his closest followers to experience an exodus of their own. It makes me want to do Easter differently this year. As I've been reading through this and thinking about it, I'm having these visions of grilled lamb and family and friends gathered around sharing their stories of how they gave their lives to Jesus. This may be taking the application of this story in really an unanticipated direction, but have you ever shared your story of giving your life to Jesus with all the benefits that that entailed? And forgive me, I'm a pastor, so I'm just going to spell out those benefits right now. (laughs) Accepting his sacrifice on your behalf, receiving forgiveness of sins and new life, eternal life, being born into a brand new family where the God of the universe is now your dad, and you gather regularly with brothers and sisters to give thanks and worship and to encourage each other. Have you shared about that season of life where you went from trying to do it all on your own to finally crying out to God for help? Do you remember even sharing that story at your baptism? Has there ever been occasions since then to tell people about what God did for you and what he wants to do for them? 
because that was your defining moment. I guarantee you, he wants you to remember it. He wants you to relive it with your family and your friends. And if you haven't shared that story lately, I think he's going to create an opportunity soon, possibly even today, where it would be hugely relevant for you to share your story with someone else. And if today passes and that opportunity never surfaces, or if you chicken out on it, like I probably would, then maybe it's time to even manufacture the opportunity. Maybe the next time you're at the dinner table and there's a lull in conversation, you just chime in with, have I ever told you guys about the time? Or maybe there's a friend that you think might be encouraged by what you've experienced and you need to get a lunch date on the calendar with them. And after you've asked all the questions about how they're doing and what they're up to, you just throw it out there. Hey, have I ever told you about the time? I don't know. It's just a thought, a challenge maybe. Even if you tell your story routinely, maybe God is giving us a heads up that he'd like us to share our Exodus story again. Father, if this is in fact what you're up to, then would you open our eyes to that opportunity today? If we don't see it, or maybe we blow by it, then give us the courage to intentionally make the opportunity, not in some rude or crazy, awkward, manufactured way. Just open up the doors for us to naturally share our story, our defining moment of when you rescued us. And we'll leave the results of that conversation completely in your hands. But we ask for this opportunity. In Jesus' name, amen.